I'm Alec Mava. Welcome back to the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast. Wow, it can't get any more official than a reigning queen and, and who has never met RuPaul and the super fan, you know, a comedian who actually has, you lucky bitch. Congrats again on winning, Alec. Thank you. Now, what's your name again? Oh. <laughs> well, welcome back to the podcast. So exciting. We're going to be talking about RuPaul's Drag Race UK Series 2. Episode six. I like how in the UK they call it series two instead of season two. They're so different. I know. It's so official. It makes me feel so happy for once. You know, I'm sometimes miserable, and that's the one thing that makes me happy. You're miserable? Why aren't you on meds? No, I'm kidding. I used to be on a medication, and I honestly had to get off because it made me want to sleep all the time. Mm-hmm. And what's wrong with that? <laughs> oh, true. <laughs> you look so sexy when you're tired. Sexy when there's dark circles under your eyes. Something bad happen? Are you pregnant? I'm never having another baby. Like, I am dead inside. Like, when people hand me their babies, I'm like, cute, but I'm never, <laughs> I'm not doing it again, ever. So we are coming off Joe Black's elimination in H&M Gate, where RuPaul was like, oh, don't you show me any H&M shit. The queens talk about RuPaul's critique. Ellie and Sister Sister make comments about Tia not stepping it up. So um, what'd you think? Elliot and Sister Sister going after Tia Coffee. I was not surprised. I actually agree with what they're saying because I'm like, Tia Coffee, I don't know. I'm feeling a little bit of bad juju in, in your head. Like, you know, as a drag queen, you spend a lot of time kind of getting back into the bars mm-hmm. and, and people are like, oh my God, you're the best thing to ever walk up in the scene. Oh yeah, you get a lot of attention live is what you're saying, it sounds like. Oh yeah. So it feels like with Tia now kind of getting bad critiques, it's throwing her because she's so used to being told she's good all the time, which worries me about the kind of people that she keeps surround herself because you need to have those honest friends that tell you you're not as sickening as you are. Yeah. As a title holder. (laughs) Oh, yes. When you were given notes on the show while the filming of the show, how seriously did you take those notes and incorporate them? I said to myself like if it's about like silhouettes and stuff like there there is opportunity to change stuff mm-hmm. and fix stuff but you have to be so careful because like you did you know bring a bunch of stuff you have to drastically alter anything that you had brought with you the one note that i got and this is just based on how the runways ended up coming to life in in the in this season was that they're like you keep wearing uh-huh. flat hair like you keep wearing flat hair and i was like ah oh, like it just it, it bothered me because I, I was like it just so happened that like the runways that I did that were all close together I all happened to be wearing the same kind of hair whereas if they were like every other oh. I would have been okay so I totally understand the frustration when the judges are, are basically telling you like what you brought is not good enough so good luck stepping it up hon it's hard it messes with you how flexible is the hair with the outfit like is it like this go- this way goes with this outfit and nothing else is there an opportunity for you to go? Typically, yes. But I think that, like, you have to be malleable in these situations. And that's something that I had to learn because I didn't want to change anything. But then I was like, I borrowed a, a wig from Rita Bega one week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I, I got Scarlet Bobo to show me how to like make a, a wig look wet. Mm-hmm. You kind of just have to play with it and hope for it because what the judges want to see is growth. They don't want to see, you know, the same shit every week. Right. So I totally understand. As a super fan who's watched the show season after season after season, when everybody, whenever somebody's rigid and says, I want to stay true to my own drag, you're going high. <laughs> like, uh, it is really good. And then Tia Coffee, you know, they said they want to see her legs. And then both of her lip syncs, she raises her, like, her skirt up to her panties. And it made a difference. She looked fantastic. So uh, they did – this was the Snatch Game episode. And Rue kind of checked in with everybody before the the thing. And everybody cried. Oh, and you know what I found so funny about, like, the UK girls having their tears is that I was like, oh, my God, like, it just, like, it just seemed like it came out of nowhere. Like, all of a sudden, they're like, yes, I'm fine, but everything sucks. I was like, oh, my God, like... Uh How did this happen? Like, is there is there something in the edit that we missed? Like, right before that, did Bruce say, share with me your most painful childhood memory? Go. I honestly believe that it's just how UK people are. <laughs> like, all of a sudden they're talking, and then all of a sudden they're, they're, they're crying. There's no buildup. Like, Alec, like, when I cry, you could see it's like going up a roller coaster like you kind of like you start to talk yourself into it and then like you kind of hear it starting to come on and then and then you you know you blow your load yeah it takes me a while to start crying but when i do it's over because then i can't catch my i start to get this thing going it's bad it was nice to see the vulnerable side of people ellie started crying right away you know what I think that if RuPaul was to look me in the eye, I would also cry. <laughs> but I think I was expecting this to kind of just be like a funny walkthrough here and there. Like, how's it going, girl? Hope you're well. Who are you doing for Snatch Game? But everybody ended up really, really taking Snatch Game seriously. You want to either be really good at Snatch Game or really bad at Snatch Game like I was. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. And I think that that's where the pressure comes from. And that's when you kind of, it's that one thing that can make you a true contender for the crown. You either want to do good or, or 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 you know do really bad but people don't want to do bad you know right there's so many things required of you in the challenge you have to come up with a character you have to have jokes and you have to be able to think on the spot now he came up to ellie and ellie started crying right away when she mentioned her brother her twin brother i think I, it seemed like she was homesick for like her brother and then also she incorporated her story about how her dad had kicked her out of the house that was really deep yeah, she was giving us, you know, the classic trauma room speech about how everything sucks in her life. Mm-hmm. And I get it. Like, it, it is an emotional thing to, like, be on a drag race and know how many people are out there supporting you, especially when, when you've, like, overcome all this hate from a family member. Mm-hmm. For a second, as a drag race fanatic myself, I was like, oh, my God, does this mean that Ellie Diamond's going to go home because she's crying about her brother and her dad that hate her? You know how, how, how you're like, oh, someone's about to go down. Right. Interesting. It was really cool to learn about her and also learn about Ahura, who I was even more shocked that got emotional. I know. And that's interesting. I want to talk to you about that beat for a second, because Ahura said that she just felt like a character. And all of a sudden, all of her affectation went away. Now, as a performer, because all drag queens have a persona and then you have your actual authentic, organic person who you are, which is what they want to get to know on the show. Yeah. They always want to say if you when you're vulnerable is when uh, the audience falls in 
love with you. Now, um, Ahura's emotionality seemed to come from she's been living so much in that persona, she feels lonely within it. Did you ever experience that kind of thing as a queen? Well, when I was like first starting out drag, I, I was like, oh, I need to have a persona. I need to be something. I need to be, you know, a different character mm-hmm. and, and have a different voice and all that stuff. And I watched an interview with RuPaul and he was like, I'm myself. And I was like, great, then I could be myself too. I think that there's some people that hide from themselves through drag or some people that find themselves through drag and a horror is somebody that hides from themselves right. yes. in drag which why you know which is why you know whenever someone pokes at it someone like rupaul it's so easily triggered because you're like oh you're a mess under the glitter and the eyeliner and all the makeup cool mm-hmm. but that's how you get to know who the real person is and i think that's what makes the show amazing is that a is going to leave this experience as a more kind of holistic person yes exactly do you know what i mean in terms of like like owning my drag this is all my mental health uh, talk because i also have a mental health podcast called alec mappa hot mess which is available wherever podcasts are, are streaming and i talk about all these mental health issues so i got a little sidetracked um so snatch game finally comes around i think i'm at a loss when it comes to a, a canadian drag race or um uh a uk uh drag race because i don't know as an american i don't know who all the celebrities are but the but but I thought everybody did a terrific job here. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I was like just so nervous for everybody because I've been there and I've sat there. But when I saw Miss Bimini Bamboo Lash take Katie Price and make it one of the most iconic things I've ever seen, there was something about the accent and the persona and the calmness. Like during my Snatch Game, everyone was acting a fool. Like everyone was so loud. So it was very cool for me as a performer to watch someone take Snatch Game and have a more relaxed approach to it because I was like, oh, you're a smart bitch. You know exactly what you're doing and I loved it. It was also really hard seeing Tia Coffee just shit the bed. Like that scary spice was actually scary. I was like, oh no. It wasn't scary spice. I don't know what I've never seen scary spice make that face before. After every single thing she would go, oh and I was like, okay. But um Bimini Bomb Bulash as Katie Price, who I had no idea who she was, she did what you're supposed to do with uh, Snatch Game, which is take a character and we might not even know who it is and really make it funny and come to life. And she absolutely did that. I love the pronunciation of the W's as R's. I thought that was hilarious. Woo, Paul. Yeah. And um, the the eyes of the nipples of the face was hysterical. Oh. Well, we'll just move ahead with the UK discussion. We have Lawrence Cheney as Miriam Margolis. And um, he's, he's like a comedy queen, but he didn't come up with any jokes. I think he didn't really come up with any kind of planned comebacks. This is the classic thing is that it's so hard to 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 tell everybody that you're a comedy queen and then do snatch game. It's hard to say that you've done improv. Uh-huh. Oh, Rita did Edith Piaf. That's who she did. Thank you. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, she had the cigarette and everything. She was a mess. Like, and, and by the way, I forgot that because I was obviously having a mental breakdown. Speaking of mental health, I was having a mental breakdown during that episode. Don't you worry. Don't you worry, people. I was going through this little something. <laughs> did you have PTSD? post-traumatic drag race disorder oh my god listen the the heart l- listeners podcast listeners the were and just think about this think about the one thing that you're good at and think about going on to this show that's going to make you this like worldwide celebrity and then imagine doing bad at the thing that you think you're good at in front of everybody ah, boo oh my god well in 
to your credit, you recovered quickly. Because for other contestants, there are some people like there there's a tendency to dwell on the negative and what you did wrong and yeah 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 and you ended up winning so fuck everybody fuck everybody that's the thing that i was very upset upset about tia was is that you could see that she was just defeated and just over it mm-hmm. the other um snatch game characters were sister sister as psychic sally ellie diamond as matt lucas uh, uh she did vicky pollard which i really enjoyed yeah tasted jane turner from um, uh, um, uh, Kath and Kim, which is one of Rue's favorite shows. So that was a really good choice. And Ahura did Louis Spence, who, again, I, I had no idea who that is. Do you know who that is? Grandma doesn't know anybody. I also had no idea who that was. Um, I was obsessed with, with it, though. So I was very shocked with the actual critiques in the end. But we'll get to that. <laughs> And honestly, I was just like very, very shocked that Ahura did a character like Louis Spence because I was not expecting this like very shy, I'm very controlled in what I put out there and, and I don't want to make a fool of my, myself person make such a giant choice. So I like it when people make a big choice. I mean, sometimes people choose an iconic character and there's no jokes. For me, the kiss of death on Snatch Game is always Lady Gaga. <laughs> Everybody's chosen to do Lady Gaga and it just it just dies every single time. Don't do Lady Gaga for Snatch Game. Or Beyonce. Ugh, or Beyonce. Now, this takes us to the runway. I love the runway. Ahora. Okay, so the category on the runway was prehistoric. And when Ahora came around the corner in that look, I was like, oh my God. God, this is drag. Like, this is what I love to see about drag. It is creative. The body is right. Her body is right. Her makeup is right. Everything is perfect. I literally gasped. I was like, ah. what did you think? The proportions were right. I love that it was a 3D printed dress. What I really love about it is what the girls are doing, These, uh, what some of the girls are doing on UK Drag Race is really bringing drag forward, making it very fashion. Yeah. As uh, Ms. Michelle Visage says, and this kind of reminded me of it was very kind of Alexander McQueen to me. And, and I really love that the modernism about it. I totally agree. It was very beautiful. I think it was like a perfect mix between fashion and drag. Like, I would love to see that costume at a show. It didn't seem too far fashion where I was like, what is happening here? So I loved it. It was a perfect, perfect outfit for me. Next up, we had Tace as the prehistoric priestess, witch, doctor, woman, which I also... The outfit was whatever to me. It was more the presentation I was obsessed with. Like, obsessed. I love when a queen comes out into the runway with a complete story. Where it's like a beginning, middle, and end. Yes. Whatever you think about Tace's outfit, she had a complete narrative from beginning, middle, to end. And her presentation was absolutely fabulous. Agree, agree, agree. And then next up, we had Sister Sister with a mask that also looked similar to Ahura's, which I think is a common theme. Sister Sister loves copying Ahura, it seems like. I don't know why. How could she be copying her if you come in with all your stuff already? Hey, these girls had a seven-month break. I don't know what, what, what they showed each other. <laughs> um, this was this look was kind of all over the place for me. She had um, she had the the mask with the beehive with this tiger print print dress and and a very modern heel. I just don't know how it all tied together. I didn't quite understand it. Yeah, it didn't take my breath away. Um, and someone who also didn't take my breath away was Tia's pterodactyl look. 
Yeah, it was sad. It was like Alan Carr Carr called it a depressed dinosaur. And I have to agree. And also, they told her, show us your legs. And, And the minute they say, show us your legs, you better have a skirt cut up to your vagina. Oh, 100, right into the labia. Just get it in your vagina. I totally agree. I just, it did look very sad. And I was just so rooting for Tia at this point. And I was like, girl, like, at least if you do bad in Snatch Game, at least kill it on the runway. Like, at least show us that you want to be here, girl. Yeah. This was her moment to turn it around. And sadly, it, it didn't work out for her. Do you know what? It just occurred to me. This must be what it must be like when straight guys discuss sports, like after a basketball game or a football game or something. 100%. 100%. 100%. Our next player who came up was Lawrence Cheney. Lawrence Cheney. Didn't care for it. Was very... Uh, 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 uh. I think it was very on brand for Lawrence. Lawrence is kind of more of a costume queen rather than a glamour queen. And I I really like her. So I was rooting for her. But again, this wasn't one of my favorite looks. There were like three kind of Flintstone inspired looks. There was Lawrence Cheney as Wilma Flintstone. There was um, Sister Sister as Beehive Flintstone. Right. And Ellie Diamond came out as Pebbles Flintstone. Yeah, and then we have Bimini as the uh, uh, the amoeba bacteria, which I was obsessed with. So I was obsessed. That's actually a copy of an Iris Van Herpen dress, which came out in a, a European collection, a haute couture collection. She did a whole collection of those pleated dresses that move like that, and I recognized it immediately. I thought it was the most original choice. I loved it immediately. I loved it so much too. Which is which brings us to our. Winner, which was Bimini, she won Snatch Game, which is incredible. Like, come on. Winning Snatch Game is such a big, big, big deal. She won. And I was so happy for her. Is this her first solo win? I think it is. Yeah, it is. She won in the UK Hun Girl Group, and this is her big solo win, which is great because, like, now everyone is seeing her as a contender for the crown and scaring the shit out of everyone, which is great because, like, Bimini is just one of those people that you cannot duplicate like that is a a very unique player in the game and you got to be careful you got to be careful right and it also makes me look forward to what she's going to bring out next now finally we have people two people the bottom two were tia coffee and lawrence cheney which was unfortunate i think ahora was rewarded for for taking a choice yep and lawrence was put in the bottom because he really didn't deliver on the jokes um uh, tia clearly looked upset again during her lip sync she hiked up and showed her legs it was too late. It was too late, and like the, the there was there the fire was was dead behind the eyes, and it was this whole like, am I a lip sync assassin? If I lip sync a third time, it's like you've already told yourself you're gonna lip sync now. Like you've given up. It was so heartbreaking to see because I love her. I think she's such a star. I know Rue thinks that she's a star, and it was just so sad to kind of like watch somebody send themselves home because of their like inner demons. It's the worst. Right. I I thought she was very endearing. Tia Coffee ended up going home. Lawrence. Cheney live to slay another day and that's it for uh, uh, the UK drag race when we come right back we'll discuss uh, drag race season 13 episode 8 masturbate (laughs) Miss Quarantina Turner got you feeling down never fear divas because the wow podcast network is here 
this year are brand new episodes of Your Fave Pods, such as mine, the girl group gossip starring me, Cheryl Hole. Hi, Cheryl. How's your hole? Hole is worn out. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> to the triumphant return of the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast. Or as we like to call it, Sheila, ready to hear And not to mention bringing mm, tap dancing in. <laughs> That was this close to being the name of this show. <laughs> and with brand new podcasts from RuPaul's Drag Race UK, Crystal, and season 12's Jackie Cox, the WOW Podcast Network will be the one-stop shop for all your drag-related podcast adventures. So for more deets, go to worldofwonder.com forward slash podcast. Moose! So episode eight of season 13 kicks off with Denali being mad about being safe. What are your thoughts? Oh, Denali, Denali, Denali. I totally understand, but like, don't be mad that you're safe. Like, kind of like, look at yourself in the mirror. Clearly, you're not being put in the top for a reason. It's not like RuPaul is all of a sudden just missing you because she's trying to torture you. Like, you can't be mad because, you know, like, you have to just be like, okay, how am I going to step it up? Like, how am I going to like really shine this week? Which brings us to like the maxi challenge. And then it was like, you know, we're in a Rusical. We have a Rusical, and I love me a Rusical, baby. I love it so much. And everybody initially gets who they want Utica fights for her role as lady tweets which I'm very happy she did because the worst thing ever is being a pushover and being sent home but then Denali and Rosé have to audition for the part of Foxy which I loved this part of the show like this was my favorite part of the entire episode being like okay well you talk a big game let's both audition for it and the other girls have to see who's the best at the part my favorite part was seeing the other girls react to this on the couch all getting like shady and kicking with each other on the couch that just cracked me up what really got me with this uh segment of the show was the dirty look that denali gave rose all of a sudden he looked so sexy to me oh where he just looked mad. All of a sudden I was like, oh my God, he's so cute. <laughs> you know, I was, it's funny because uh, being a competitor, I was watching it thinking like, Denali, I can't wait for you to have sex with me. But I was also thinking like, Denali, you have to just like not, it, it made her come across a specific way that I don't, I never thought that she could be. And it worried me. I was like, oh God, like I hope this doesn't land her in the bottom because she's so multi-talented and can be good at everything. So she got to play a Russian. I was raised by a rageaholic. So I think it's sexy when men look mad. <laughs> <laughs> so they got a visit from an Oscar winner. Oh, this was so cool. It was cool to see a celebrity like Anne Hathaway in the workroom, but also give like really great honest advice. I was really impressed by her advice when she said, if you don't get the part that you want, it's your turn to shine and steal the show. That was brilliant. Yeah, I love that. And I think that we all have to like kind of put that into things because it does suck hearing no. It's the worst thing ever, but we're going to hear no because we can't get everything we want. And it's up to us to kind of just like shine in, in the roles that we get because like no matter what, you're still a talented person. So it was a really, really, really cool thing. I loved it. It was good. I love I it made me like Anne Hathaway a lot. Me too. Also, you know, when I first came to Los Angeles, I was cast the majority of my living that I made on television shows were these parts called under five, meaning you had under five lines. Oh my god. <laughs> so I always made it a point to be as memorable 
as possible. I had one line on Friends in 1999 during the Thanksgiving episode, and it was more turkey, Mr. Chandler. Oh, my God. I was the housekeeper that Chandler's father was sleeping with. Oh, my God. And so I did it in the heaviest Filipino accent. I got the biggest laugh. And now it's become a meme that everybody sends me at Thanksgiving every year. I absolutely love it. (laughs) Yeah. By being so memorable in that role, you get to hang out with me, a real celebrity. Absolutely. You know, this path has led me straight to you. (laughs) Oh, I'm so proud of us. When Anne Hathaway said she was ninth in ninth place to play that part in Devil's Wears Prada, I was thinking of what other eight actresses were up for the part. I know. It was probably for sure you, me, RuPaul, Michelle Visage, Bob the Drag Queen. Um, Bianca Del Rio and Miriam Margolis. (laughs) So it's time for the rusical. What are your initial thoughts on the rusical? Um, it wasn't my favorite rusical. It's my own prejudice. I'm I'm an old lady, so I I I'm not that crazy about a lot of social media. Having said that, I think there were a lot of opportunities for people to shine, and certain people did. The first person who stood out for me was Utica. As Lady Tweets, I thought she did an amazing job. She had like a pattern, uh, patter Gilbert and Sullivan song, and I thought she was amazing. Yeah, I agree. I thought that right off the get, Olivia Lux did a phenomenal job. Rosé was just like so in her element. It's so interesting watching a contestant that's normally good at things just be good at things. You almost like count them out because you're like, yeah, of course you're good at this. But who else is good at this? Like who who did, you know, like Gottmik had this really big like shining moment where we know that Gottmik is not the best dancer or the best singer, but totally was incredible in this musical. And it's like, that's why, you know, a show like RuPaul's Drag is so cool because now we all get behind Gottmik because we see that growth. But with that said, Candy Muse and Simone Yeh, oh my god, I, I it was the same thing as like Tia Coffee. They just like gave up. I was like, what in the fuck is happening here? I know Simone Yeh kind of shocked me because every week she brings an essence. She brought an yeah. essence to the stage. She brought her whole self into it. And 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 when she started her song, she was wearing sunglasses, so you couldn't see her eyes. And I was like, what? What's going on? What are you doing? And it was clear that she felt bad about the vocals. But I'm like, fuck the vocals. Just perform. Yeah. If you can't sing, then she should have wrapped it or something. Oh, I totally agree with you. I also think that, like, with Simone and Candy, this was a case of being in the top. Like, Simone is one of the queens that's, like, closest to the crown in terms of how she performs in challenges and her her runways. Like, she is getting ready in that workroom and putting her outfit on and knowing that no other bitch is going to touch her outfit because it's phenomenal. And same thing with Candy. Like, Candy has made Rue laugh, and, and you could tell that she's a favorite and she has the biggest personality. She's good for TV. And we watch two people... Just just kind of simmered down a little bit because they thought that they can skid by on just their talent, which unfortunately didn't work out in the end or did it? No, it did not. It, it, yeah. Candy did seem distracted and also her wig was giving her trouble and you couldn't see the whole performance, which is ironic because she's a very big, she's one of the bigger girls. <laughs> it's like, if you're that big and I can't see your performance. Something is terribly, terribly wrong. Um, Simone, what you said about Simone is absolutely true. She brings stuff to the runway that nobody else does. And um, I agree with what you said about uh, Gottmik is what Gottmik did was I'm not a singer. I'm not a dancer, but I'm going to embrace this 
3,000% and have the time of my life. And she stood out because of it. Yeah. And I think that is so, 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 so cool. And and it's funny because once the musical ended, I was kind of sitting in my bed like... Okay, so it's very clear that Simone's in the bottom because that was really, really bad. But um, we're going to see how, um, you know, she does on the runway because runways seem to be her her thing, which is amazing. So on the runway, the category is Yellow Gorgeous, which is incredible. What did you think of the overall theme of Yellow? Um, You know, it's, you know, it must be so hard to come up with themes at this point because they've done everything from a apocalyptic to Halloween to all of the seasons. So now we're just distilling it to colors. And I think it's a great idea because it gives everybody a broad base from which to create. Yes. You could come up with anything as long as it's yellow. I totally agree with you. And as you know, on Candace Drag Race, I am still best friends with Lemon and her color scheme is always yellow. So I was like, oh, they're just paying homage to my girl, Let Lemon. Let's, this makes a lot of sense. And the runway started flowing. The yellow runway flowed like a golden shower. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I never dabbled in a golden shower, but you know what? I'll never say never. Okay, let's talk about Miss Denali Fox's runway. What do you think? <laughs> Denali Fox said she dressed up as the um, python that was on Britney Spears during the VMA Awards, and I like it. I like it. Don't love it. I think it was a great concept. I just thought it was meh. It was, you know what it is? I'm not a fan of two different silhouettes happening at the same time. And she did kind of like a a peplum tail with with, um, leggings. And I think that may have been my issue. I think it would have been even more sickening if she didn't do the cat suit and did like a python gown to the floor and just made that train so long like the snake and found like a a slippery, shiny, like boa constrictor looking fabric. Because the head, the shoulders up is gorgeous. Everything else, I'm kind of just like, okay, like I know it's hand painted and all that stuff and and, and it is incredible, but it would have been cool to see her in a non-dance costume, which is a problem that I had on Candace Drag Race. So it's it's relatable content. Well, you body yaddy yaddy girls are all about showing off the leg and the side. You were like naked and a lot of stuff well it's because i'm so horny and i just want want to be loved baby (laughs) but i agree i think it would have been neat if it was like a skin tight snake full length dress that went all the way down to the flow next up we have elliot with two t's who is a taxi driver honk 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 i thought this look was okay the only thing i hated was like the fare is a hundred thousand dollars i hate 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 when girls come on stage and they're like i'm the winner or like hundred thousand dollars thanks rue like it makes me vomit it it's like it's like a bad ex i don't want to talk to anymore okay i think we've touched a nerve here i think this relates to your canadian modesty (laughs) it 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 it, it relates to the the, the the national character of people in Canada, which is to like, you know, don't blow things too up. Just kind of be modest and sweet. Uh, true. Yeah, you're right. My only issue with it is I the wig and everything, the proportions are all right. It's cute, but it kind of reminded me of like a Party City costume. Like I'm a sexy ta- cab driver. Yes, it. Yes. 
but when girls buy sexy costumes at Halloween, it kind of reminded me of that. I'm not saying that that's what this is, but that's what it reminded me of. I mean, and don't like act like, you know, girls are only the people buying these sexy costumes. I know what you wear at night, baby. Don't worry. (laughs) I know what you want, daddy. You want me in this costume. I got you. All right. uh, Next up we have... <laughs> Tina Burner, who is also a taxi cab, she did more of a, a retro thing. She did more of a 1940s on the town uh, taxi driver. Yeah. Um, I don't care for this dress. And I also, like, for some reason, like, she just looks dead behind her eyes. Like, is she okay? <laughs> what do you mean, dead? Like, she's been up or, or. Is that mean? Is that mean? Is that mean for saying that, Alec? Like, hmm. Hmm. Like, she just looks like she's coming down the runway and not, like, giving it her all. My issue also is her recurring theme of red and yellow has been used so much that seeing her come out in another yellow outfit, it was like, oh, kind of, we've kind of been seeing this from you. Um, I didn't mind it. I like the headlights on top, and I like that Betty Page wig. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about one of my favorites, Got Mick, Crash Test Dummy. Love. 10 out of 10. No notes. Let's move forward. (laughs) I think that he's so sexy because there's kind of like, there's kind of an inherent goodness about him that comes through. I like how he relates to the other girls. I like that he genuinely feels like one of the girls and he's always helping other people. Yeah. Like, I think Got Mick is a shoe in for Miss Congeniality. I think Got Mick is a shoe in for the crown, honey. I think that, like, Got Mick is, it's really, really cool having the first ever um, trans male contestant on RuPaul's Drag Race season 13 because like it truly is like so cool to see that like it doesn't matter what your genitalia is like you could see you're still a good person you're still great at drag you can still entertain that's just what this is all about I think it's so fucking cool I'm just proud of you I'm proud of you got Mick he's a fierce queen and he's doing that thing that you're talking about he comes out in drag in a way that nobody else will be able to recreate he has originality and that knocks me out cold. Next up, we have Candy Muse in her Beyonce replica. Who came out and gave us a Beyonce moment. I liked it. It was fine. Um, Didn't hate it. Very pretty. She looks very pretty, very soft, very innocent. And we all know Candy Muse is not an innocent girl. Um, It was fine. (laughs) How do you really feel? Next up, we have Rosé, who came out as uh, Jim Carrey in The Mask. She had the yellow um, outfit, which they said was kind of orange, and the green face. Yeah, the outfit is is actually, like, that yellow does look a little bit more orange, but it's like... It's the yellow that he wore in the movie, so I get it. Like, he did wear more of, like, a golden yellow. So, for impersonation purposes, it is spot on. I thought that this was incredible. I love how she, like, mm-hmm. the detail of, like, the green cutting her, her face so you can kind of still see her real skin to be, like, I painted a mask on my face is incredible. It's better than wearing an actual mask. I thought that's, like, what was amazing. The mask is one of my favorite movies, so I was very happy to see this on the runway. And the reference was recognizable immediately. Simone came out in another amazing outfit with with this yellow wig with a diagonal part down the middle and these kind of a suspender top, which was amazing. Yeah, I thought it was cool. It didn't blow me away, but it did. It's something that because she's such a model type, like it it just worked on her. Like I, it, it was a really cool way to go with like the neon yellow and the furry. It was a Versace jacket she said yes 
Yeah, I love that she brought fashion to the runway because I think that's just her thing. It's very Gigi Good, very House of Avalon. I know that's where they're both from, and they they, they their their fashion is just like it blows my, my my mind every time they turn the corner. I'm like Jesus. Yeah, the fashion is really really great. I love a queen who comes with original looks and is really gonna you know why are you gagging so she brings it to every ball. Uh, last but not least, we have Utica who uh, came out dressed as a Renaissance fair uh, mead wench. Um, I don't know. I, the, I, it wasn't one of my favorites, but again, she she's always original to me, and it, there's there's a certain degree of craftsmanship that she brings to everything. Having said that, this was not one of my favorite looks. No, it was definitely a boot for me. I didn't care for it because it's like if you're gonna go that way, go all the way that way. I, it feels like she was trying to like make it somewhat relevant to now. It just didn't. We've just seen her do such incredible looks on, on the runway that this one fell short in comparison to. So in the bottom two, we have Simone and Candy Muse. What did you think about the lip sync? I thought the lip sync was incredible. My husband and I were watching it, and my husband has, he's like the psychic of RuPaul's Drag Race. He said they're both, he's going to make both of them stay. <laughs> He said they're both, it's not going to be there. He's going to save Candy. And, um, and he was absolutely right because I, because when he said, when, when Rue said, uh, sashay away, I was like, see, you were wrong. And then he said, stop. And then my husband looked at me with a very smug look. I love that so much. I was, I started to cry when, uh, Rue told Candy, to to you know not sashay away and stay and I'm not done with you yet. I think it's so cool. I just think that it makes sense to not get rid of either of them. Candy didn't really seem to know the lyrics to, to the lip sync right, and right. and Simone. I don't know. I just didn't love the lip sync. I don't think it was my favorite of the season just yet. Just yet. And I say that as a lip sync assassin. Thank you very much. Hmm. Okay. There you go. You're the voice of experience. What was your favorite runway of the week, Priyanka, Queen of the North? Queen of the North. I think so. If we're going to let's as we do pit the UK and the US together and I think oh, let's do an overall thing. That would be kind of fun. I think overall Mm -hmm. between the both of the episodes that we recap today on this amazing official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast with my future divorced divorcee husband, Alex. I'm going to say that my favorite look the entire out of everybody would be Rosé's only because I was so happy to see something of nostalgia on the runway. You you surprised me. You shocked me. I had to, I didn't expect that from you. I, I know. I know. I have two favorites from each runway. Uh, Bimini just blew me away with that um, bacteria dress. I loved it. Uh-huh. And I loved Gottmik. Yeah, Gottmik was amazing, but yeah. I just love the mask. I love Jim Carrey. Wait, is Jim Carrey Canadian? He is, right? I think so. Maybe <laughs> that's why. <laughs> the truth comes out. <laughs> Listen. Priyanka. Yes. Uh, last week I said for all of the listeners, uh, oh, and thank you for tuning in, by the way. Uh, we, we had a big jump in listenership and we, we're so grateful to you. We asked you to um, DM us questions. And if you DM us questions on our Instagrams or on Twitter, you're going to get free um, World of Wonder merchandise. I got a couple here. Um, this one, you have, a, you have a fan in London, and it says, Hi, Priyanka and Alec. First-time listener, first-time caller. First of all, thank you for giving us drag in a time when some of us are taking a break. Aww. What I want to know is, how hard 
do you think it would have been to compete in Drag Race Canada if Brooklyn had been yelling at you girls for wearing H&M? Also, what's your name? (laughs) And she says, love, love, lots of love from across the pond. Freddie, also known as Cynthia Seward. I love that. Thank you so much for your wonderful question. Um, I think that Brooklyn did yell at us about H&M in a different way. She didn't say H&M, but if she did not like our runways, Miss Thing would let let us know, put us in the bottom, and we would lip sync for our motherfucking lies. So I definitely think that, like, Brooklyn, because if you know or ever watched anything with Brooklyn about her talking about Drag Race, her favorite parts in Drag Race is the runway. No matter what, she's like, I just love the runway. So... If you're listening to this and you, you know, are auditioning to be on season two of Canada's Drag Race, you better pay attention to that runway girl because you're going to pour some, you're going to get yourself some extra points by not wearing H&M because you could still wear H&M, just dazzle it up, you know? Uh, we have one more question from April Goodman Orcutt in San Jose, California. She said, um, why do you and Priyanka think Rue allowed Candy to stay? Is it because she makes good TV or some other reason? I think you talk, you addressed this a little bit before. Okay, here, here, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out, hear, hear me out. All right. <laughs> Imagine being RuPaul and you've seen these people rise. Vanessa Vangie Mateo, Alyssa Edwards, Trixie Mattel, Katya, Priyanka, Alec. <laughs> All these incredible, incredible personalities that they maybe they didn't win, but they made it, made it far, and or maybe they did win, and and they they made such an impact. The one thing that you 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 can teach anybody how to do drag, but what you can't teach somebody is star power. And there's something about Candy Muse, although I know a lot of you find her annoying, and a lot of you think that she's this and she's that and she's loud, but at the end of the day, she's still really great at drag, makes great TV, and is also not annoying, and is a really great drag. Queen. Queen. So I think that, you know, by keeping candy, he's like, listen, girl, you're probably going to get your spin off one day. Let me nurture you and grow you and give you another episode on RuPaul's Drag Race season 13. No one ever leaves. Fabulous. Those are two great answers. Thank you, um, Freddie, Cynthia Seward, and April. Um, you were each getting an official World of Wonder charisma pin. Woo! Don't forget to DM us at World of Wonder on Twitter with any questions you have for us, and you can get free merchandise from World of Wonder sent right to your door. The official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast is every Wednesday on the WOW Podcast Network. Listen to wherever you listen to podcasts. Plus, you can check out RuPaul's Drag Race UK Series 2 on BBC3 and WOW Presents Plus and catch RuPaul's Drag Race Season 13 on VH1 and WOW Presents Plus. I love you all at WOW. Oh, my God. Date me, somebody, please. And also, you can watch RuPaul's Drag Race Season 13 on VH1 and WOW Presents Plus. Also, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Find me wherever you can find me. Just don't stalk me and steal my heart, baby. (laughs) At the Queen Priyanka on all my social media. You can find me at Alec Mappa on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can also listen to my mental health podcast every week, wherever podcasts air. It's called Alec Mappa Hot Mess with Matthew Dempsey, psychotherapist. Priyanka, I have an absolute blast with you again, and I can't wait to see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to tune in next week for more of the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast. Bye! Woo! This has been a World of Wonder production.